1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash
2: weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: 7,000 Ipswich fans in MK and... For once, the side didn't let them down. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, for years I've said Ipswich don't turn up on big occasions. And there was the feeling last season when... 20,000 million Ipswich fans went to MK Dons so that they didn't turn up on that big occasion. Was was this a big occasion that Ipswich turned up to, or with MK struggling so badly, can I not quite justify that?
3: Um, I th- it, it didn't feel like a massive occasion. I think last year it felt bigger because we were taking so many fans for the first time, where this time it just feels like, oh, OK, we're going to play Milton Keynes and take 7,000 fans every time <laughs> we play them now. But I thought we were... Did okay last year against a good side, but no, it, it 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 didn't feel like last year's big day out, did it? It just felt like a normal away game.
0: Uh you were there too, Craig. Um, we'll talk about the bizarreness of the um of of the setup. But you like the stadium though.
4: I do one hundred percent. I think it might be my favourite. It's just great. It's you know, every I've sat top, middle, bottom, left, right, centre, <laughs> and it's always, you know, sight lines are good, there's plenty of space. As we found out, when we were in the director's box during the week, there's very little room for your legs in the director's box, which are here. You're tall as well, aren't you? Yeah, but you can stretch out, you know, and the seats are big. Oh, it's lovely. If I could pick it and plop it on IP2, then, yeah, I'd I'd be happy with that, I think. And I'm sure the egress is fantastic.
0: (laughs) Um, Hello to everybody in the chat. We'll put as many of your comments up on the screen As we can, if you're listening after the fact, you can join us live on YouTube every Sunday for the Blue Monday podcast. Get involved. Um, Let's get right into it then, um, Joe. So the kind of sense we got last week after the 4-0 against Forest Green was, yeah, okay, that's a tick in the box, but it's a kind of ticking pencil, whereas this might have been a ticking birro but we all know there's a big fountain pen ready if we if we play Bolton do you know what I mean where uh, where are you with the swirling narrative before we get to the intricacies of the game
3: well we had that sort of five game period that everyone looked at didn't they Bristol Rovers Forest green MK Dons Burton and Accrington. it's like that that has got to be 12 13 points it's an absolute minimum there if you want to do anything with it but by drawing the first game of that run even though you can still get 13 points in the in that Period. It did just feel a bit like, oh god, the the form that we've had recently is just carrying on. It's just another more more drop points, effectively. But and I don't think anyone expects us to win four on the bounce now. Where having won the first two, I think probably people are expecting us to win the four on the bounce now. And it's just a side. I think there's a scarring amongst the fan base of not turning up when we need to, not winning the games we should do. But if we if we win those next two games, I think Plymouth have got Barnsley. Have they next and You've got Charlton Not, at the weekend. you have got Charlton and Barnsley, I think, or Charlton and Derby or Derby on March.
0: Derby 7th. At home. Yeah, yeah, so- don't worry, we will take a deep dive into Plymouth. But, but it means but I bit. think it
3: now means that if we win those two games with five obviously we're five points behind now. If, if we win those two games, I think you'd expect maybe Plymouth to drop points in at least one of those games. And then if if all of a sudden you're you're within three points then, that's when the pressure's gonna be on when we go to Bolton on March eleventh. But we've we've just got to take care of business until until we get to that point.
0: Um, Craig, you can react to what Joe has said. I'm just gonna say a big thank you to David, who's a very staunch supporter of us here, who has super chatted there, 10 euros. Very, very kind. Thank you, uh, David. If you do want he's, to keep he's coming you over can. for the
3: Burton game as well, isn't he, David? Now
0: and we said we're buying him a brewery, not, not a pint for all his contributions. Um, en- enough for us, guys, is a thumb up on the YouTube. Do hit like if you're watching right now. Also, you can get involved over on Telegram, but we'll plug that properly later um craig what's your reaction to joe's kind of summing up of where we are
4: yeah yeah absolutely agree as as joe's saying it's just the thing is used st- as joe's just sort of shown you start now start looking at who other people are playing again don't you you start looking at Plymouth, thinking oh there's a possibility they might drop a point. certainly after yesterday's results and after derby's result now derby it will be looking to Bounce back, and Plymouth might be starting to teeter a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it just sort of gets the juices flowing, as you can see in all of the, all of the comments that are coming, coming back in. There you go from Paul. All of a sudden, the gap, <laughs> gap doesn't look quite as big as it did. But and it- as Joe said, you'd hope that we'll get six points in the next two, and then you don't know what Plymouth are going to.
0: I quite enjoyed being miserable for the last two games because I, I didn't look for the last two games. I was so grumpy. I was like, oh, we've let them get away now. We've let yeah. them get away. So I, um, I think
3: there was a case. People were talking about we're not even going to make the playoffs at this round. I think just just a wins there. Now people are now looking back at the top two. I didn't think for a second we'd not make the playoffs, but it's just a case that now it's sort of giving you that little bit of breathing space to show that the playoffs are sort of nailed on, and it's just a case of trying to – go into them in a good run of form, getting a settled team and mm. playing our best players to get into that, into those playoffs.
0: I always find it a little bit disingenuous when fans do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say there's no pressure on us whatsoever. We're just getting our form ready. All the pressure's on Plymouth and we'll, we'll see what happens. And um, you never, you never, never know if you can get within five points, four points, and there's three, four games to go. You never know what pressure can do. Right. Uh, let's get into this now, Craig. There's been a, a lot of debate about a um, a quote settled eleven. So let me read this to you. Uh, Ipswich's side yesterday: Walton in goal, Clark and Davis the fullbacks, Wolfenden and Burgess uh, the centre backs. Your centre midfield is Morsi. Still didn't get booked. More of that later. And Humphreys, uh, Burns, Chaplin, Broadhead off George hurst what are you thinking craig um
4: i personally i i would have changed it. i know joe's of the opinion he would have kept it the same as 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 they did in the end um i'd have had Luan go in from the start but then we don't know quite if he's fit enough to you know play 60 minutes of a match although he played 45 of one yesterday um but it's basically the the team that um team that thumped forest green wasn't it um last week so you got no real qualms about it so the only the only potential um 50-50 choice may have been Humphreys, who has been you know, looking a little bit tired of, of recent, but he's had a week off and a week to recuperate between now and then. So, yeah, no real grumbles.
0: Joe?
3: Yeah, I, I can see the point on Luongo, but I, I'd sort of been expecting Humphreys to play this one, possibly play Burton with Luongo, getting minutes in those, and then Luongo taking over for the Accurton game when we are up against a bullying side a side that will try and come and bully us there. But I think probably with his second half performance, that's going to be expedited again because I can't see that Luongo is going to sort of drop out of the team now if if he's fit for the if he's fit for the running.
0: Don't think I didn't notice you in expedited within eight minutes of the podcast there. Um Joe, I will say as well, that Burton is a chaotic challenge that needs stable, powerful, physical players, even on our ground as well so I'd almost bracket Burton in Accrington in terms of you know how you might want to set up for that one um MK uh Joe Kieran McKenna was very he said it a couple of times in the pre-match about their um one-to-one runners that he was expecting them to sit off a little bit maybe with the back sort of six or seven and try and get one v ones and you can see uh, his point when we go through, particularly the front four here. Uh, coming in goal, uh, Lawrence, Watson, Tucker and Jules. Um, obviously, no O'Hora and Lewington at centre-back. And they signed Tony Stewart, who played for Wickham for all those years, and he got injured straight. with have been very unlucky at centre-back MK. McEachran, Magoma, Leko, DeVoy, Kakai and Issa. Um and, and you can see McKenna's point um, with maybe some players that have flattered to deceive at a higher level but certainly on on their day can cause trouble in 1v1 situations Joe.
3: Yeah I hadn't really um sort of followed what their team was this year when I sort of sat in the ground and sort of come up on the scoreboard it just it just seemed like a load of sort of former highly rated young players from Premier League clubs and England youth internationals who I've never really seen do anything in in sort of senior football but and sort of like Josh McKeag from probably the ultimate player of that sort of <laughs> description. Yeah. Other than he has played a bit of senior football or a lot of senior football, I should say. But no, I, I did look at the team for. Oh, you can you can see why they're struggling because it does just look a, a very very youthful team, We've not with not much of a spine through the middle of it.
0: Well, and Craig, you you look back and I was at those playoff semi finals last year, and Darling was there, Lewington was in, O'Hara was in. Joe will remind me they had a wing back who was on loan who was really decent as well down the left hand side. Obviously, Twine was there. Troy um, Parrot. Parrot. was there. It's just a completely different side, and all all the quality's just gone out of it. Craig, hasn't it?
4: Yeah, it has. Um, but you know that's the that's the line you tread, I suppose, isn't it? If you go down that particular route, and it's if you you lose those players and can't replace them with like for like quality, but even saying that they're the the front three, you've still got Issa, you've got Leco, you've got Kaiko. They're, they're decent enough. League One um, standard uh, forward, you'd have thought. And as it transpired through the first half, to be fair, I thought they were, they were pretty um, strong, quick, direct, um, those three, and gave us, gave us a bit of trouble, actually, uh, certainly out wide.
0: Um, what was the atmosphere like then, Craig? Was it a little bit bizarre? I often I often have weird conversations with people because I end up, on the halfway line and um, the away end will ask me, oh, Ben, did you think we were really loud? We couldn't hear the home end. And then the home end will ask me, oh, Ben, we couldn't hear the away end. And you're like, it's loud where you're sitting. So must have been odd.
4: Yeah, it's pretty one-sided, I think. And obviously, with our 7,000 being condensed into one end of the, one end of the ground and allegedly their 7,000 being spread around the remaining They three counted quarters. all the season
0: tickets, did they?
4: Three, <laughs> with 4,000 4, of them missing as well. They counted all <laughs> they, yeah. They counted all the season tickets and counted half of many of the empty seats as well, I think. Um 7,000 feet in the stadium rather than 7,000 supporters in the home end. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was there was no one there They're, from their side. There was a group of guys long from long from us kept chanting about a dusty old ground they were saying because the complete top tier was completely empty apart from the bit that we were in. Um, and you know, and there's only just pockets of fans dotted around in the rest of the stadium. It's just pretty demoralising, I'd have thought, if you're a Milton Keynes fan to come out, a Milton Keynes player to come but out. Higher, like, God, yeah, yeah, to yeah, come out and face, look, look to your left and see seven thousand fans chanting and throwing balloons around, and then trying to find anyone else that's uh supporting your team guy guy banging a drum i think we heard for a bit but again even even then i thought the acoustics are good L- listening back um on the radio highlights and people were saying that you know the, the crowd sounded loud from uh on the on the eye following i think again just the the acoustics in the ground are uh are good as well because you're all sort of you in know a, in a, not a wall as such because it's two tiers but you have still got that like projection out i think onto the onto the pitch as well so yeah another another plus point for the for the stadium, I think.
0: Uh, what was the pattern then in the in the first half, Joe, and maybe lead us up to this mad scramble where MK recorded most of their XG in about a 10 second period.
3: Yeah. Well, I thought we were generally generally probably the better side without really doing a huge amount in that in that sort of opening period. You sort of had more of the ball, maybe weren't moving as quickly as we could have been and needed a little bit more drive at times. But then when they were breaking on us, they were sort of finding a lot of 1v1 battles, and we were sort of commit, committing a couple of too many men forwards and just getting a little bit caught out, as led to the sort of super chance where they had five <laughs> seems, yeah. five of their nine chances and 0.88 of their 0.99 XG in a. Is 10 that the, second is that period. the numbers? That's yeah, crazy. and it was. <laughs> and but, yeah, so it was a similar story, but they're just sort of breaking through, and then I think it's. Um, is it Lecco cuts in from the left, has a shot, that then falls to Isa who gets a shot away and then Lecco gets the ball a yard out and sort of put it into the goal and it's like just shoot just score but he doesn't and then sort of a combination of Luke doing all the posts keeps that one out and then it falls back to Isa who has a shot which Walton saves and then back up in the air to Issa again who does a sort of acrobatic volley which Walton sort of gets up really quickly and pushes away and it's like where the hell did that come from, and how that stayed out? You you just don't know, but it was a a bit of a wake up call from from then on. Because so I think from that point on, we sort of really, I don't know, we, we seemed to settle into the game a little bit more and not really get caught out on the break as we had been up until that point.
4: I don't think it was particularly just leading up to that. The reason why that happened is I don't think it was a particularly intelligent play from Clark because he was so he had two men on him. Burns was in the middle of the pitch for some reason. So he had, he was two against one. And then he tried to take one of those men on and just left acres and acres of space behind him with, you know, with a, with a guy. I think it was actually Issa that cut in, in the first instance, just, you know, behind it. Cause they, we were just completely out of position. Um, I think to be fair to Clark, I think he's still just getting the grips a little bit with the, with the way that we play. And also with the, the guy that's playing in front of him currently.
0: it's actually a, I've, in five aside, side, and you can make this comparison because um, Lecco was so close to the goal. If he hits that first time, even if there's a defender or a keeper in the way, it's going in off the keeper. It's just criminal that he didn't smash that one in. But, hey, what are you going to do, Craig? You're going to go up the other end a little bit later. And, um, yes, OK, if this goal had been against us, we would all been going, engage, engage, midfield, <laughs> Tackle man running towards goal. But I've seen a good angle on, maybe on the Ipswich Town Twitter today. It's a great strike by Morsey, isn't it?
4: Yeah. And to be fair, that goal pretty much was scored against us at Cambridge, if I remember rightly. Where uh... Oh, that was a
0: better hit, though, wasn't it? Oh, was well, yeah, it? it was.
4: But we still decided to back off oh, and, back... Back, off and, and back off and let him shoot from almost the same sort of position. Yeah, to be... and it was it was great um anticipation from Morsey in the first place because he sort of reacts... As the pass was being made, I think Mckechren was was passing it into Devoy, and Morsy anticipates when the pass is going to be passed, rather than waiting for the pass to be passed. You know, he's being reactive, proactive rather than reactive. Um, nips off of Devoy's toes, as you say, drives forward and keeps driving forward, and gets to like you know within a yard or two of the edge of the box. Um, and yeah, he just really catches it nicely. It was difficult for us to tell right at the other end of the pitch, wasn't it, Joe? But and he's not. You know renowned for maybe um striking it quite as cleanly as that, but yeah, it just arrowed into that uh to that far corner. Yeah, it's great uh great strike, more the Moorsie of the first three or four months of the season.
0: Well, Joe, before you come in, it was the MK of the first three or four months of the season. They conceded so many goals, Joe, where they got caught in possession, high up, bang bang, goal. It improved a bit under. Mark Jackson in terms of, you know, playing against the ball and um, he talked about not crumbling in moments of pressure in his pre-match, but yeah, bad old days for them.
3: Yeah, but it was was just a really good goal and it was a captain's moment, wasn't it, I think, where things were maybe a little bit sluggish, we needed someone to drive for the ball and He does. He does do that. He he flies and he pushes up the pitch quickly. And I I don't think he wants to shoot. Does he's sort of looking around for an option, and no one's coming. So okay, I'm going to have to bloody hit this, aren't I? And then, but like I say, you see the angle from the um, one the club tweeted today, and it. It sort of flies in. I think it, I'd have thought it bounced in, but it's all on the full, isn't there? And it sort mm. of ripples into the sort of side netting before it bounces and snow. So, it's just a, a brilliant strike, not a strike someone... Because Morsi isn't always a cleanest strike of the ball, is he, when he gets a chance? and But that's, no, brilliant strike. That was a real sort of captain's goal, that, wasn't it?
0: Did that change the pattern, Joe?
3: I think so, because I think we just got a little bit more comfortable there. But, mm. I think, but I think we got comfortable in the sort of five or ten minutes leading up to the goal and... From that point on, I don't, like Milton Keynes barely had a shot really after that in, in the whole game. And they had a sort of couple of free kicks on, on goal, but yeah. I can't really remember any other ch- chances they had other than that. Certainly nothing from open play, was there? No. What
0: are you saying at half-time if you're McKenna then, uh, Craig?
4: Um, well, obviously, goals change games, don't they? And and um, I think the first half, we only had 40%, 40, 40, 42% possession, which is you know strange strange for us. Um as Joe said, they weren't really creating too much other than that mad um, 10 seconds in the 10th minute. Um, But we made the change. The the change, um, Humphreys came off. He got booked just before half-time, and that was one of the reasons why uh, McKenna said that Luongo was brought on. He said he was always planning to bring him on around 60 minutes, but that sort of expedited the decision to to bring him on. Um, And there's a few people in the Telegram chat um, saying the same thing, because... What was happening a little bit? It was that um, their centre midfield were just drifting past Humphreys a little bit, a little probably a little bit too easily, um, and you know having Luongo on the bench has seen the obvious, the obvious change to make.
3: You agree with that, Joe? Yeah, um, I, I noticed at half time, sort of Luongo was out there doing a much more physical warm up than the rest of the subs. He was he was there with the fitness coach, do, doing his doing his own thing. So he, he did not think it was there, and Humphreys getting that yellow card. I think that gave. Um, McKenna a good excuse to get that move done because it was. Um, I said we, we were just a little bit weak in that midfield and it just did help us. And I think away from home, really, I think Humphrey's best games have generally been at home. And I think maybe it's a good opportunity to to make that change, which is probably which was probably going to be the long term change for the sort of remainder of the season.
0: Do you agree with that, Craig? That we might see a, a run now for Luongo.
4: You may have, yeah. I still wonder about the next week when it's Saturday and Tuesday. I just do wonder whether he can start two games in the space of space of four days. But you know, if he can be managed and do his sixty minutes, and Humphreys does the final thirty, then yeah, I see no reason why um, why that can't be it for the time being. Whereas obviously, we've got Kamara is potentially going to be back soon-ish. Um, he was teasing
0: me with his tweet last week. I got all excited, didn't I? No sign.
4: <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah, it will take a little while, obviously, but. Yeah, it can only be a good thing if he if he comes back as well.
0: Um, how did the second half progress with Luongo in then, Joe?
3: Well, we just like so we just totally dominated the game. Really, it was there was like I, said, I just had a look. They had one open play shot in the whole second half. I think they only had three chances in the whole second half. One open play shot and two free kicks at the end of it. And the open play shot was from outside the box. And we just had a. We just had a lot of chances. We were um, sort of, and we've taken more chances from range, like Morsey had the goal from outside the box, George Hurst hit a good shot from outside the box that the keeper tipped over. Morsey had another shot from outside the box which the keeper pushed away, and Nathan Broadhead somehow lifts the rebound over the goal from when it looked easier to score. And there Burns was... got fed in, didn't he, inside his
4: channel and slammed it wide at the near post.
3: Yeah, that, I don't know why he shot there, because it was a nah. really poor option. But I think that sort of summed up Wes Burns' game yesterday, really. But we sort of had that there. But no, I thought I thought we were good. I thought we pressed from the front really well. Davis and Burns were getting into some decent positions. Davis getting the ball a little bit more. And yeah, we we just sort of, it was about as comfortable a second half as you can imagine, bar a couple of free kicks at the end.
0: Few people have mentioned Craig um, Ledapo and Jackson coming in. Is this their role and usage now? Twenty minutes to go. In you go. I,
4: mean, I do wonder about Jackson. You know, because as Joe said, Burns yesterday he wasn't great. Really, you know, he was. He just seems to have lost confidence, and it. But it seems to have sort of um, dovetailed with Clark playing behind him. Might be hmm. coincidence. Um, but he just doesn't seem to take his man. He doesn't seem to have the confidence to make the right decisions at the right times to say he seems to be passing when he should be shooting and shooting when he should be crossing. And it just, he just seems to be a bit muddled at the moment, poor fella. Um, but it's whether they, I suppose they trust Jackson to start matches because he is absolutely ideal to come on with those 20, 25 minutes to go. Um Lodapo is probably a little bit different, although Hurst I thought probably had his best game for us yesterday. He had a, Pretty much a running battle, didn't he, Joe, with um, Jules um, and came on top of that battle. He was really strong in some of those challenges, you know, holding holding um, Jules off and turning. Spinning him, yeah. Yeah, getting getting free kicks. Um, laying off. I've had a couple of shots from long range, as Joe said. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think he'll probably be our starter. Yeah. Um, And Ladapo will just have to, say, make do with his his 20 minutes or so for a little while, maybe.
3: It's probably the third or fourth game in a row, isn't it, where we've said, oh, that's Hurst's best game for Ipswich. He is is getting better by the game, isn't he? And I I think he just gives you that option of being able to do both, doesn't he, where Ladapo likes to come in short, hold up the ball, where Hurst can do that, plus he can get in behind, and he's a really good presser. He does a hell of a lot of running as well, doesn't he? He's sort of constantly making runs. I think he's just a player that can do both sort of in behind and and hold the ball up. And you, like I say, you can see why we chased him, really, because he, he does seem sort of perfectly suited to our system. But it'd just be nice if he could get on the score. She had a, he had a good chance in the first half, which was blocked well. We struck it really well. The chance from outside the box in the second half, which the keeper tipped over. And I say I think it is... I, I, I do think we 're in this position now where we are settling on a team i think we've only got two midweek games left between now and the end of the season plus you've got the um, easter weekend where you've got your two games close together so Rado there Mundo, should be yeah. less reason to rotate over the over the coming weeks because so I think McKenna said it as well that the league the league eleven has been relatively consistent it's just we've had so many cup games in in this period that you, it looks like we're making a lot of changes because because you are game to game, but not sort of league match to league match, not Saturday to Saturday. So we'll sort of see uh, where we'll, we go from here.
0: We'll get your takeaways. Let me just do the numbers quickly. Rare one, that looked 50-50 on the possession. And I, I don't want to sound like a, um, a biased football fan, but Joe did point out the majority of MK's XG did come in that one scramble as opposed to consistently making chances there. But, reasonably close 1.04 mm-hmm. to 1.32 and I think we'd all agree they should have had a goal in that game given the scramble but 21 shots to uh 9 um does into may it's, it's a real game state game this one craig isn't it where you get all the xg in one area then you get the side controlling the game taking the lead reasonably early which can fudge the stats a, a little bit if i'm not sounding like a big bias it's just so craig um what? Where are you and what have you learned, if anything, that you didn't know before? Because I'm kind of still in that, eh, okay, fine, forest green, uh, three clean sheets, good, away mm. wind, good, things ticking off, confidence growing, but I don't want to be that guy, but we don't really learn anything until Bolton, do we? And uh, obviously you've got to stand up to um, Burton's whirlwind and Accrington's kind of stoicism.
4: Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. That's, I think that's pretty much pretty much where I am. Is that you know we're doing what we need to do at the moment, and we're getting the results you'd pretty much expect us to be getting at the moment. Um, so you know we're not doing well. And although to be fair to us, we're in a no. The last two games have been no win situations, haven't they? That we've needed to have won. We have won. Had we lost, would have been giving them pelters. So. Um, Let's get these two home games out of the way. They'll be tough ones. They'll, they'll be they'll be sitting deep, and that's been spoken about a fair bit recently. And the the fifty odd minute interview that Matt Holland did with um, Ashton and McKenna, they they spoke about at some length about teams sitting deep and us being able to break them down. So I think it's going to need a bit of patience, maybe from everyone at uh, Portman Road um, next Saturday and next Tuesday. Hopefully, we can get an early one and early goal and. Write those out, but as you say, it'll be the following week after that. Where and there's been some questions um, or comments in the section about flat track bullies. Yeah, we we probably still are being a yeah, comment you know, at the it, moment, and yeah, it is, yeah, it is, and it's, it's something I've I've used myself a fair amount of times this season because you know it's all very well making hay when the sun shines, but it's when you have got to get to Bolton and it's pissing down rain and, and sleeting in two weeks' time that you have got to try and um, come back with points.
0: So okay, are you can with get me and Craig of... on the kind of cautious? optimism that it's really great to have turned a few corners and ticked a few boxes where we've been failing in that poor run, but it's still a little bit unknown as we build this momentum going into some hard Bolton-Barnsley, et cetera.
3: Yeah, the the only thing I would say is while we haven't beaten any of the top teams, we haven't really, well, other than Plymouth away, we haven't lost to any of them either, have we? We haven't Barnes, lost to anyone in the season. Joey, to Peterborough, yeah, we, we've we've drawn a lot of games. We've, and in the, in the games against top teams, we've we've drawn games that we should have won against them. But true, but that but then that was a long time ago. Two almost two totally different sides now, so it's it's just seeing where we end up. But Put it this way: if we if we win the next two games, which everyone hopes will expects us to, and if we haven't, we've sort of messed up. When we go away to Bolton, we're going to be going in there on a run of potentially five clean sheets in a row, sort of ten games unbeaten. Probably in that sort of that that run, which is quite poor points per game that we had, sort of between sort of December and middle of February, is over. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you could be like eight unbeaten with six wins in that eight games no, no one's going to want to play us I, I think all season no team wants to play us because i think we are on our day the best team in the league and i think we play like that more often than not but it's just away from home we've, we've struggled recently even when you look at the home form that hasn't stopped it's just the um it's just the away form that craig's witnessed away where we just have lost that bit of tempo but i think having luongo in there as opposed to a sort of a young cameron Humphreys or a not quite back at it lee evans is going to make a big difference in that regard
0: Right. Guys, what we are going to do, we'll go to questions after this. We'll just bang through the League One happenings. There's been some brilliant stuff in the chat that we've all alluded to already. So if you can hold fire on the questions, there's been some really good ones. Um, We're eager to talk about the Mark Ashton, Kieran McKenna um, interview as well. There's been loads of good selection stuff. So if you just hold off five minutes or so, guys, and then we'll get on to all of your questions. But... Um, as ever, busy in League One this weekend. A few important narratives, and really, for once, a couple of results going in our favour. What I'll do, gents, I will I'll just bang through everything, and then um, you can pick out a couple of games or a couple of um, narratives after I'm done. So, Carl Robinson is out of Oxford. Um, that was today after they lost 3-0 at home to Bristol Rovers. What I'm sure one of you are going to be very eager to talk about is Barnsley 4, Derby 1, which um, couldn't have gone much better for Barnsley when we were weighing up. It felt like a flip of a coin that game, and that's a great win for Barnsley, who are in fantastic form with games in hand and games against all of the top teams. It's there for them if they you know, can go and do well against all the top teams, easier said than done. Bolton 2, Port Vale 1, just complete muscle memory. That, it didn't play well. They just keep winning and they're a good side. Burton 0, Accrington 0. I think, I don't know what that says about coming up against those two um, in the future. Charlton Nil, Sheffield Wednesday 1. I'm feeling for the first time now that it might be Sheffield Wednesday, um, a handful or more points clear of second and third that might be a bit tighter by the end of the season, but I'm sure I'll change my mind on that. Exeter 2, Cambridge 0, i rattled through. Fleetwood 1, Morecambe 0, Forest Green 1, Lincoln 1, obviously our game. Now, the result that did go for us was Peterborough 5, Plymouth 2, and this after Plymouth got to Wembley in the Pizza Cup in mid-week. Maybe a bit tired, but a couple of mistakes by the goalkeeper, who is not Michael Cooper in the last two games now, which interests me. And... I really want your guys' take on Stephen Schumacher hooking two players on 33 mm. minutes at 2-0 down. Stir the pot on that one if you want. Uh, Pompey Ford, Cheltenham, 0. Shrewsbury, 2. Wickham, 0. I know a lot of us have had nightmares about finishing third by one point and playing Wickham in the playoffs. So, um, loads to talk about, Craig. Um, where do you want to go in? Do you want to go in on Barnsley and Derby? What, what's, are, we, are we now switching on... Um, Barnsley been more powerful than Derby when we were terrified of Derby a couple of weeks back?
4: Yeah, well, as you say about their form, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? I was just trying to get the form table up, but I haven't managed to do it in time. But I did notice that in next month, they've got Plymouth, Wednesday and us all at home in a space of two weeks. So, well, a you know, lot of
0: midweekers, Craig, haven't they?
4: Yeah, they've got a lot of games. Yeah, as you say, they've got some games to catch up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see the the goals go in. Um, Norwood was basically creating absolute chaos in the in the penalty area. Didn't actually score any, but I think for at least two of the Barnsley goals, he was on his backside in the penalty area, having like had a bit of rough and tumble with one of the uh, the Derby centre halves. Um, so yeah, he's doing a, doing the bits for them. McGoldrick with a nice little dinked finish, um, over the goalie, wasn't it for for their goal? He was creating bits and pieces as well. I saw on the highlights. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a, yeah, yeah, it's a nice finish first time finish, but again a bit of a howler from the uh, from the goalkeeper. But yeah, as you say, but you know are on a roll, aren't they? And that's going to be another big game for us in a, in a couple of weeks time. But I say it's sort of the uh, the end of three. I think with a I think with a third after they've already played Plymouth and Wednesday beforehand. So, you know, they could either be cock-a-hoop or uh, you know a bit punch drunk by then.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. at participating restaurant's 18 plus serving times. delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Joe, Bolton are
0: good, aren't they? And they got to Wembley, rotated in a couple of players that hadn't featured in midweek, a couple of cup type players and very good at home as well, aren't they?
3: And so Ian Ever, his sides have, in in his three seasons, or this is his third season, isn't it, at Bolton, and they've been unbelievable sort of from about November onwards, I think. I, I just remember because when in League Two, I backed them to get promoted in November, and they were about 18th at the time, and they ended up getting into the top three, going straight up from there. Last season, they started, not. I wouldn't say they started slowly, just started very, very averagely, and again, finished the season really well over the second half of the season, and... Just this season, they were sort of there when it when it hit the halfway point of the ceiling season, and they've managed to carry on that form that they've shown in the last two years after Christmas. They're, they're just decide that, whatever they do, get better in that second half of the season. And so I say I say "You don't want to play them, dear, away." And that's what we'll be doing in a couple of weeks. And they did a job on
4: us away last year. I remember going up there, and they played they played well and deserved to beat us um,
0: last year. That's going to be a huge game if things have got a little bit tighter, hasn't it? Um, uh, just quick straw poll in the chat as well. That are you agreeing, disagreeing with me, guys? I've got Wednesday as champions now. They moved in front of Plymouth, and I think um, Plymouth will now just want to hold on to that second place, given you know a couple of couple of tricky features. Anyone in the chat disagrees with that? Let me know. Um, either of you guys disagree with that right now? As we are,
4: no. And it'd be interesting no. to see. Well. You saw the goal the Sheffield Wednesday goal yesterday. Karsten Mighty, the guy was basically standing on the penalty spot, wasn't he? He got the ball, controlled right it. Wing, right
0: wing back. They're playing yeah. so well, aren't they?
4: Yeah, but he had it's all the time in the world, didn't he? Just a picket spot, and uh, that was at eighth minute, ninth minute, and they just saw it out again, one 0 as they do. Um, so yeah, they're just ploughing on regardless. It'd be interesting to see how this how this does affect Plymouth, won't it? Because you know they've been top for a while. Now they've been overtaken. Now they've been beaten heavily. As you say, Schumacher's sort of admitting a mistake by hooking two players after half an hour. Let's just hope things are just falling apart a little bit, maybe. Is Especially any-
3: when you see what happened to them last year where they ended up dropping out of the top six, didn't they, from a really strong position that there there is obviously going to be a lot of scars in the squad PTSD, with the management in yeah. the in the fan base and I say that they're there to be they're there to be shot down, aren't they? Like I know it's five points and it's a lot to get back, but there's no reason why we shouldn't. and But it's just, I think there's a sort of steam train coming for them at the moment from sort of Bolton, Barnsley, hopefully us. And it could end up being a sort of three, four-way shootout for that second place. And we've just got to make sure you, we're involved in it.
0: Joe, are you buying what me and Craig are saying? Look, um, they haven't missed Cooper yet, but the keeper threw one in against Oxford. He did well in the penalty shootout, didn't he, in the Pizza Cup. Oh. And he, he had a hour yesterday, I think, as well, on one of the goal's um, last one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, really? and the 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 big thing with Plymouth Joe is if that absurd home record um continues anywhere near it is, which is just sensationally good, I think that will carry them over the line. The away records not good. They've drawn a load of games, away. I think it's like one win and eight or something. Is so for me it's does do they start wobbling at home Joe?
3: Well, they've played all the top teams at home, haven't they? And they've beaten all the top teams. So it is a case of, can they just do their business against the sort of bottom half of the league at home? they Derby, though. Yeah, they've got Derby to come. But, they, but like I said, they've beaten us. They've beaten Sheffield Wednesday. They've beaten Barnsley. They've beaten Bolton. They've, they've played everyone there, haven't they? Can I play devil's so... advocate?
0: They beat us and Sheffield Wednesday. They beat Sheffield Wednesday in stoppage time on fine margins. Cooper, outstanding. They beat us on fine margins. A couple of brilliant goals by... Mumba um, And a Wichita. superb
3: save in the last second of the game from Cooper.
0: Yeah. So those, a lot of the, I'm, I'm just throwing the narrative out there. Obviously, um, maybe it's confirmation bias because um, look, if I wasn't an Ipswich fan, I'd look at Plymouth as the heroes of this going against, you know, sides with, you know, perhaps more money and Plymouth have been really fantastic, haven't they? But it does feel like a, a reasonable narrative, Craig, not a forced one.
4: Yeah, that's right. It's five points in their last five away games. They've acquired so as we as we rightly know, know, the home form is going to is going to take them to a certain point. But as Joe says, it's up to whether they can scramble enough away points um, in the remaining games. Um, But yeah, I just say I, I just wonder whether they're all just looking around, thinking, "Crikey, here we you know it's happening again." You know, we've been we've been there before ourselves. So. So it's uh, interesting to see it happen, happen somewhere. As Joe said, it's not just us that's that's behind them, though, is it? You know, it's it's another couple.
0: Right, guys, get your questions in the chat. We will go to questions right now. I must say first, ITFC women won 1-0 over Watford as sponsored by a ragtag collection called the Blue Monday um, podcast and the Greyhound today. Um, No, I won't even bother trying to pronounce that name uh, with the winning goal. And was named player of the match, Sarah Brasero-Carrera. The win takes town level third with Watford. Next up, Billeriki at home on Wednesday night. Under the lights, says Rich, a bit of a local derby. You love to see it. Um, Questions in, guys. Uh, Joe, can you just give a quick plug for our excellent uh, telegram
3: group yeah on the on the excellent telegram group you could have followed the ladies game on there to see we get a little league table sent through there as well so we know I think it's us Watford Portsmouth and Oxford who are fighting it out at the top of the table so today's win was a massive win it's all in our own hands from there but no just just generally on the telegram chat you get all this informed chat about the women's team the academy team all in separate chats so you don't have to f- read my musings on the under 18s if you don't want to um the match day chat. I, the annoying thing yesterday was in the, as soon as I got near the MK Stadium yesterday, my signal just dropped Nothing. out at about <laughs> one o'clock. Oh, really? The, the, I had five I as soon as I sat down for my Turkish, I did not really get another <laughs> message through from that point onwards. So there, but no, lots of chat, lots of good, good chat on there. I just was just reading a bit there while Craig was droning on about something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's your response to that, Craig? Keep your questions
3: coming in, by the way.
0: No, I've got nothing, I've got nothing to say about that. You know, jo, <laughs> well,
4: that's I don't dramatic. know why Joe needs jo to start paying his bill if he wasn't getting any signal in the stadium. I had pure 5G <laughs> in, the, in the top tier. top tier. Um pure
2: that, I don't have 5G actually. yet, to
4: be fair. That's that's reminding me, actually, because Joe was having a Turkish. I mean, Rich, Seb, and Mullet were all in the Pizza Express. Mullet was taking black and white photos of his pizza for some reason. <laughs> I probably had a, artisan? A, a baby
3: Chino as well. And got to I don't think in they've his got colour up in the north, yeah, have they?
4: Yeah. He, he, got, <laughs> he got to color in his, use his crayons and colour in his hat, I suppose, <laughs> in Pizza Express. And uh, oh, we too. were in TGI. So, you know, I think we pretty much ticked off all of those restaurants that sit outside the back of the... Uh,
0: and I went to Wagamama's one year at um, MK, didn't we? Very yeah. nice too. A Paul Lambert, John Nolan masterclass that we mentioned the other day. Right. Get your questions in, guys. We'll go to your questions. Um, and um, I will scroll up. Make sure you stick a question mark at the end of it, else I'll probably scroll past. Uh, Neil, uh, who wants to take that? Craig, uh, really rate Humphreys, but is Luonga going to be a starter sooner rather than later?
4: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he'll be a starter on on Saturday, I would have thought. Um, and then I say it'll probably just depend on his fitness whether he starts again uh, on Tuesday against Accrington. Um, and then you'd pretty much hang your hat on fitness um, dictating whether he plays it again. But you know, if you've got if you've got the option and ability to be playing Luongo and Morsey as your two central midfielders in League One, I think you uh, you take it, don't you? And then, as I said earlier, if you've got Kamara. Hopefully, getting getting back to fitness in the next three or four weeks. Who knows? Um, he'll be around for the for the for the running, and I'm I'm just intrigued to hopefully get him back to fitness and seeing how he plays because he's a bit of a, a marauder. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting how he fits into this team if he ever gets fit again.
0: Joe, um, hi all. Uh, just wanted your thoughts on us having an obligation to buy Hurst if he starts ten games.
3: What do we have one or? I, I wouldn't i wouldn't that, that doesn't sound like something we'd have because i think if if that was the option there i think we'd have just bought him in january i think if if it was just such a like 10 games he must have started five for us already so i imagine if there was an option for that we'd and it was an obligation we'd have just got the deal done in january
0: um eric are the two are the so-called two easy games really that easy going into march um i'll take that one eric if they were away at burton or accrington i would Probably see where you're going with that, but I think being there at Portman Road. Those two sides skew better at home. It's very direct, and uh, like we said, Burton maybe a bit more chaotic. Accrington maybe a bit more kind of sturdy, and you know, trying to make make themselves hard to beat rather than trying to make you turn and play. But I think if you look at our records against both those clubs at home, I think we tend to do all right, don't we? Um,
4: They're certainly easier than the other ones in March.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Craig, uh, Burgess and Wolfie till the end of the season? Yes,
4: I think so. Yeah, they're forming uh, a decent partnership. Burgess played all right yesterday. You like the balance? hmm Yeah, 100%. And he's getting better. He's passing. He's, he he fires a few passes in as well now, now and again. Obviously, it's not his strongest part of his game. Um, but yeah, I think he's just they're just getting a bit of an understanding now. And Clark will be the nailed-on starter. So they're just starting to form, as Joe was saying about you know starting 11s, that back four and the goalie is starting
3: to. Form I, thought, I also think just really worked on because there was when he first came into the team, he struggled, he got turned quite a lot, got caught up the pitch and there. Yeah, but he doesn't, he doesn't seem to do that anymore. He's sort of his ground one-on-one defending seems to have really improved over the course of this season, and he's reading a lot more, not getting caught out, not really getting dribbled past at all. So now he's been definitely a very improved player this season.
0: Um, I think these two are fairly similar from Charlie and Michael. I think Michael just had one, so we'll read Charlie's... Um, who am I going to? It's Joe, isn't it? Uh, will TJJ, Terry Strongjules, uh, be able to fit in anywhere if needed? Is he fit enough? I think he will. He'll be a useful guy, won't he, Joe?
3: Yeah, without a doubt. I think somebody else mentioned about him whether we're ironing up on a permanent, and I think that's very much the case. I think had he not been injured, I think that's, that a deal would have been a deal we'd have tried to do in January there on that one. So he seems a very good player that he can play as that nine and in the Hurst or the Dapo role plus he can play in that sort of left hand forward role which um sort of harness and broadhead of shared, but seems like broadhead is more the man in possession of that shirt now the player because he's he's just a lot more direct and going for the goal now and I think that's I think TJJ by being able to cover those two roles is going to be a valuable player for us over the course of the season We're and it ties say- in Sorry, Sorry wait, ben, I'll, say, I'll say go it, it
4: ties in as well with the uh, that conversation you are alluding to with the Holland and Ashton and McKenna that they were talking about the type of players that they're signing and he fits right into the middle of the demographic of the type of players that they were talking about. Uh,
0: Joe, just a quick answer: What did you have at the Turkish?
3: Um, I had a mix shish with white bait to start. Oh, that's tremendous,
0: um, Craig. Uh, why does Kieran McKenna stick with West Burns when he's so far off his A games? Well, KJ, I like this. Is buzzing.
4: Uh, I had an Oreo milkshake and <laughs> no one a cares. Burger, a burger, <laughs> I had chicken wings for starter. And my son had a free dessert, so he had an apple crumb. I had time. a Prezzo
0: with Jovi <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yeah, I don't know, actually. As I sort of said earlier about
4: um, Burns, I, I suppose he's, you know, experience wise, and he's got a bit of trust. McKenna's probably got a bit of trust in him to start games, and he's got um a cv which has proven that he can do it but i say he just looks just looks so far off at the moment poor guy so his confidence just looks gone now he's not taking his man on. we've said on here the last two or three weeks that he's just not taking his man on enough um when he was he there was a couple of times in the game yesterday once at least once in the first half at least once in the second where, he, where the ball was played exactly as he wants it inside the fullback for him to run onto and he got into the box and in the first half, he just seemed to side foot pass it into the goalkeeper's hands, didn't he, Joe, rather than pull it back. Yeah, that was at the other end. So I couldn't really work yeah. out what happened there. I assumed it had been deflected, but I don't think it was. I think he No, I don't think it was. And in the second half, he was in exactly the same position, really, and just had absolutely slashed at it and just went blazing wide at the at the near post when he probably, again, had two or three options in the, in the centre. So, yeah, he's not playing particularly well. He's not playing much confidence, and he sort of just seems to be choosing the wrong option every time. And what Jackson has tended to do and got better at is when he does get into those positions, he does tend to get his head up and uh, play a half decent ball.
0: Um, Pete, apologies because it looks like he's spent a while writing that, but I think we covered that um, Luongo and Jackson in relation to Humphreys and Burns. So I think we're good with that.
4: Um, yeah, he says about he says about the World Cup call up maybe uh, affecting um, Burns. It, it may have done, but I'd say also it just seems to have tied in with Danasian. Dropping out the team in place of Clark as well,
3: so maybe that's something to do. With it. I don't know. I think he just he set himself such high standards last year, and whilst he's sort of everything he hit went in last year, and he still he still popped up with big goals and big moments for us this year, hasn't he? So he has done that. It's just it maybe seems to be trying too hard sometimes.
0: Um, Stephen, there, can you see us losing another game this season? Um, I'll I'll go first. Yes, um, because. I I doubt we'll go unbeaten. I almost don't want us to go unbeaten if that means we've drawn as many games or as high a percentage of games as we have. We've got to understand, uh, Joe, this kind of Paul Warren logic of you're far better off winning three and losing two. Do you know what I mean? And having three or four draws in there, aren't you? And um, I suppose it depends who the defeats are against. So um, I, I think it's about three-pointers and being relentless and de- defeats won't harm you as much as excessive amounts of draws will, Joe, if that's no, not man, stupid logic.
3: McKenna did, has said that, sort of, that draws get you nowhere in this league and... Absolutely, totally right. Three draws in a row gets you the same as one win, doesn't it? And I know it's sort of simple and everyone knows that, but sometimes you, you actually have to think about that. And, and I know we have drawn a lot of games recently, especially away from home, but when you look at those games... We have we have always made sort of attacking changes. McKenna has tried to win these games, but it just seems more that the players haven't had the oomph or the tempo to try and actually make good with the changes that he's made from the sidelines. So it's more, I don't know. It's, it's just it's just one of those things. I think that he 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 knows we need to win games. He knows draws that get us nowhere. So he's he's trying to not draw games, but just sometimes it happens, doesn't it? 100%. The issue's been and,
4: and in a lot of the well, actually, yeah. I'm just going to look at the list of away games that we've had recently. Lincoln, Oxford, Cambridge, Bristol. They, we all started those games slowly, didn't we? we? We never really got into our stride in those games, whereas, you know, we just need to start. Uh, we'll still, you know, we start home games a little bit more quickly. But all of those away games that I went to, you know, just we started slowly and never really got to up the tempo at any point.
0: Um, this is a great question. Alex, which team would you fear most in the playoffs? So let me go first, guys. Um, I'm going to assume we're going to finish third and fourth. So my answer is predicated on an away game first. And I keep talking about them, but you just don't want to face Wickham away first in the playoffs. But they look a bit off. I would suggest, famous last words here, Barnsley have got less up top in terms of coming to Portman Road and scoring. It's be- For me, it's between Derby and Bolton because you'd have to go there first. I think Derby's the one. You could almost lose it in the first leg. You could lose by two in the first leg and really stitch yourself up. What do you think, Craig? I,
4: I, I, yeah, I don't know because as your guys were saying last night on the on the um, Football League show about Derby's um, squad size and they're not Good using point. quite as many players. By the time we get to May, end of May, that's another couple of do- almost two dozen games into the legs of some ageing ageing players, isn't it? I I think it'll just all depend on who's in form at that particular moment in time. Is not it? You know, we've got a lot of games to go yet. Let's wait until we get to the last half a dozen games, maybe, and then you'll know who's who's flying, who's maybe just dropped out of the uh, champion um, of the top two, and is therefore on a bit of a downward slope. Um, but I say at this moment in time, you can't. I wouldn't look far away from Barnsley on the road on the uh, run that they're going on.
0: Joe, do you do you almost think to Craig's point, Ipswich and Bolton feel like more process driven sides, whereas Derby and Barnsley, if they got momentum, could they're, they're the ones that can go on a run that could beat the process driven. Do, do you understand what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, no, I, I definitely think there's an element of that where they just, especially Barnsley, they seem to have so many goals in them, don't they? When you look at their games, and they seem to score goals in sort of two or three little gluts of goals, little worldies lately, in sort of 10, know. 15 minute periods. But yeah. but whilst I'd say oh, who do we fear the most? I can guarantee if you ask fans of Barnsley, Derby, Bolton, Plymouth, who would they want to face least in the playoffs? It would be us because on our day, we're the best team in the league and and we could beat them all. So I don't think anyone, I don't think we need to worry about who we play. I think everyone would worry about playing us.
0: Um, Where
3: are we going
0: next? Um, Joe, you were a fan of Jack Taylor. Um, Peterborough chairman confirmed he scored yesterday, didn't he? Um, they rejected four bids from rival for Jack, Jack Taylor. Surely that was us. Do you concur with Lewis, uh, or Lewis's, um, sorry if I butchered his name there, um, assessment?
3: Yes, it would be us. Okay. It was, Joe it was us. <laughs> yeah, Jack sounds like
0: he knows more than he's <laughs> prepared to say about that, and we will move on. Um, Marty. Oh, this is a good one, Craig. Uh, was anyone else excited by us actually having a shot from outside the box once and scoring instead of trying to work it into the box or back to Walton? I know he's put laugh out loud there. He's got a point, though, in terms of the variation of attack. And we can talk about Kieran McKenna um, uh, you denying the word plan B, but also in the same sentence saying we have to find different solutions. I think they may be the same thing there, but um, it's nice to see crosses go in the box, as he's been mentioning, and uh, the commenter mentions, take a shot, have a go. Yeah,
4: Yeah, that's right. And there, and there were more long shots, as Joe said earlier. There was a, the Mawsey one from... Um a short free kick, wasn't there. That was probably hit from about thirty yards out. Um, it may have been that we were told to shoot a bit more because the keeper has a tendency to parry out straight to your uh, your on-rushing attackers, which which he did. And um, we were a little bit more direct yesterday. You know, we went over the top a few times down to down to Burns. Um, you know, we have been mixing up a little bit more recently. But you know, there 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 is a reason why we do play it short and play it back, and it's you know to draw the opposition out of position um, and. You know, the times you see, I mentioned a telegram earlier, certainly from my lofty position yesterday, you could see that what we were doing, that Wolfenden was standing on the ball. he would knock it wide to Clark and get it back and into Morsey and get it back. And they're just waiting for the opportunity for Davis to be in enough space on the left wing for Wolfenden to suddenly ping it out there to him. You, know, you, you could see exactly what they were trying to do. Um, so I think that, there, but there probably is, maybe some elements of overplaying at certain times uh, and there's no there's no denying that um, but I think there also just needs to be a little bit of patience on behalf of the the fans as well you know these guys McKenna knows what he's up to you know as he, as you said and again harking back to the interview all the me- all the metrics would suggest and as Joe was saying about getting teams in the playoff all the metrics would suggest that you know, we're the best team in the league it's just small margins aren't haven't been going our way so um you know they they're playing well they're playing to a certain template um and it's just going to take a little bit of well maybe for for all to understand it there's there's, they say there's four new players coming to team in in january so again it's going to maybe take a little while for them to get up to speed
0: um is joe be as lovely in real life as it seems on tv joe i'll answer that by saying he was in the royal box today with a plus one at um the league cup final took his wife refused to take me
3: (laughs) Poor poor form, isn't it? Selfish. Ma- mates before. <laughs> <laughs> Don't
0: go that way. Um, right, we've got time to do a couple more. Um, I think we have. I wanted to read this one from Mullet, Joe. Would you use Lee more to ensure Davis's fresher against the big teams, particularly in the midweek home games? That's not bad, show, is it?
3: I think it's a tough one because Davis is just our best player with regards to like set pieces. His set pieces are a level above anyone else in the mm. squad and they've been quite a... Well, they've been a very successful route to goal for us, haven't they? So you don't really want to take him out unless you can. But the problem is you've got, you can only have seven subs. McKenna said he wants to sort of fill the bench of attacking players. And so you've got one defensive sub. You've got Genoi Danashin who could cover right back, left back and centre back. But reality, at the start of the season, ideally, if you had nine subs, I think you'd have Greg Lee on the bench every time and, and he'd be taking the last 20 minutes away from Leif Davis in, in games where we're winning because he, he, he's been sort of superfluous when he's played. He hasn't let us down at all. And he's just unfortunate that probably our most consistent player is, or other than Sam Morsey aside, our most consistent player is playing in his position.
0: Right. It's come up now at last. And I'm glad Eric has phrased it in that way. Views on the Holland interview, a bit too matey, maybe. Um, so, Craig, this is at a time in the season where there's a bit of a struggle um, with the form, a little bit of a drop-off, and uh, we get this interview, and I'll preface what I'm about to say. Love Matt Holland. There's no more authoritative, loved Ipswich Town, unquestionable, um, godlike goat figure than Matt Holland, and... Mark Ashton is like the exemplary talker, you know, tour de force, isn't he? He's just a superb silver-tongued gentleman. And we all love Kieran McKenna, don't we? But is there something in what Eric says there? Because pretty much the first 20, 25 minutes of that was the stats are brilliant, the academy's brilliant, the form is brilliant... The recruitment is brilliant. The academy is brilliant. The club is brilliant. Everything's brilliant. Don't worry about anything. um, And listen to how brilliant. I'm exaggerating for effect here. But say if you're a fan of another team watching that, what's your take on that interview, uh, Craig?
4: Yeah, it's quite interesting actually if you look at it like that. As you say, if you're the opposition another team look at it and think, well hang on, guys, you're sitting third you're in the third. league and you <laughs> and you're spunking a million and a half quid on fullbacks on each of your each <laughs> of your fullbacks. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Um yeah, I think I think it's probably it was never gonna be anything other than Matey, because it's an in-house um, you know, t- tester for town TV next year. If you don't like it, then you're not going to like next year very much when it's going to be pretty much wall to wall matey interviews with with Profita Mark Ashton TV. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was, the first 17 minutes, you didn't hear from Mark Ashton at all. Did you? It was all um, all McKenna. I think they sort of asked the right questions, um, but you know, you got the answers you pretty much expected from an in-house um, production. You know, although, albeit as you as you say, probably not quite as positive when you look at the form form table or the or the league table.
0: What do you you think, um, Joe? I remember when we are going to get a President Trump mention here, the term playing to your base was used a lot. It was a bit of an example of playing to your base there from Ipswich Town there to just try and calm down any anxious fans, which, to be fair, Joe, the people who were already in the very supportive camp were going to be nodding along, Mm -hmm. clapping, as with what happens when playing to your base. And the people who were a bit anxious are not going to be any less anxious they're going to say what Craig just said. I'm not saying Craig's one of those anxious fans, but they're going to say, yeah. well, okay, that's great. Then, you know, I don't want to make be all end all is promotion. We know, I do agree with Mark Ashton, a club is is built and it's not all on finishing second or being promoted or winning the playoffs or whatever. But yeah, well, what should your take?
3: I think well the, diff- the difficult thing with a football club is you can be doing every single thing right in a football club to a hundred percent of its possible potential, but if the players on Saturday between three o'clock and five o'clock don't do the job that's required, everything is looked at through sort of a sort of doom-laden glasses. Where on the flip side, look look where we were in two thousand fourteen, fifteen. Mick McCarthy in charge second third ended up finishing sixth in the championship the crowds were big everyone's loving it the youths had a good season and every, everything seemed like it was going brilliantly but in the background we had an owner that was sort of totally non-engaged with the club a CEO who couldn't do anything Leo O'Neill covering about 19 jobs and <laughs> there so you just sort of all, all the off-field staff McKenna's Mark Ashton's can do is well all, all Mark Ashton can do is do the the best of his ability, try and give the manager his players and try and get everything else right. And the club has made huge progress over the last 18 months off the pitch. And yeah, the huge progress has been made because huge amounts of money have been thrown at it. It's not not just a case that we're now doing a lot better off the pitch because we're utilising small resources better. We've got massive resources now. We're buying plots of land to Sort of turn the stadium round, and or sort of knocking down buildings to get new turnstiles into the back of the ground, and you've got sort of how many, how many staff you see? Like I say, under twenty-one games, under eighteen games, you've got huge amounts of staff. You've got loads more money being spent in the community. You've got the academy getting more investment into it again. So it's it is it is all money that does this. So it's we can't, we can't sort of hide from that that we're now big spenders, sort of on and off the pitch. But yeah, if every, everything is going brilliantly, but. We we can't just we can't just rely on that because if McKenna can't get the result, then if if we don't go up this year and it's October and we're twelfth next year, it's gonna be riots going on again because people won't accept that. So it's there there is a huge amount of pressure on us as a club, but you've got to thrive under it. I d I don't think that if if we don't go up it's because people haven't worked hard enough at it because they because they haven't tried or they're they're not competent. That they're obviously very, very competent people in place and they're all working their sort of tails off from well what was it six five five, six in the morning every day and working long days and doing doing all they can but no, it is a puff piece. If fans from other clubs are watching our puff pieces, they need to get a life and do something else because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to sit there and watch 50 minutes on Darren Moore <laughs> and just sitting there chatting to chat. I think you might have taken or...
0: that, that comment literally, Joel. I was just saying, illustratively, how would Ooh. that be, you know, kind of perceived? Yeah. I but but
3: it's, it's similar it. to like when people read the opposition manager's post-match comments or and say, oh, they've done this. It's like... They're not talking to us. They're but talking Joe, to their can I make, fans.
0: Can I make a different comparison? Um, I sometimes listen to club specific podcasts mm. and hopefully our podcast doesn't ever fall into this trap. And I, you know, to do a bit of research or whatever, and I have to turn them off sometimes because it's too partisan. Do, do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's, that, that's the kind of danger. Um, Craig, we have come up the hour. Did you want to come back on any of that? Can I just add to um, what Joe said? Cause I think he uh, wrapped that up very nicely. Uh, that you can also invest well, have everybody performing well, and there can just be three teams that had a better season than you.
4: Yeah, that's right, absolutely. And but you know, we we're saying about pressure. McKenna didn't look like he was under an awful lot of pressure, did he? In that in that interview, less uh, than sure at
0: Bristol Rovers the, the other night, where I did think he looked like he looked he was under pressure.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think where were they? It was one of the Milsoms, wasn't it? That they were um, being
3: individuals. Oh, Dedham, the woods. it looked like Milsoms, but then when married, Matt said so he got married right? 25 years ago, I don't think that would have even been there. So it must be yeah. Well, um, I think it's where my whole hun- booth or something like that.
4: My honeymoon night, I think, it's the same place. Dan oh. Dedham. Yeah, there you go. Um, Very nice too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just say you say, know, take it for what it is. You know, it's there. It's there for a reason. It's there probably even if it, even it just like adds a bit of positivity for the yes. for the following
3: two or three months. Then then it's done its job, hasn't it? Well, and it's, it's, it's nice to have this sort of open talk from McKenna about the football side of things as well. That that is what like us as a podcast. I know it's not just all about us, but we, that's that's the stuff we like to hear. And I think generally our listeners like to hear that the sort of breakdowns why we're doing. Well, certain and Joe, things. we've had a
0: we've had a couple of managers, you know who I'm referring to, where you're listening to what they're saying and you're like, "Oh, come on, you know, come on, be, be real for a second, you know." Mm. Stop feeding me. Stop feeding me that. And McKenna's kind of. Not that way inclined. Right. Thank you, everybody. Fantastic in the chat tonight. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Before you do go, please do hit that thumbs up button on YouTube. really helps us out if you're listening after the fact over on uh, Spotify or Acast or iTunes or wherever. Five-star reviews, all of that good stuff. We are going to be back in midweek. Have we got the weekend? Is it it's Burton? Burton on
3: Saturday, isn't it? Burton on, Accurate not on Burton Tuesday. on
0: Trent, Burton on Saturday. Um, so we'll be talking all about that. Come and join us um, there for the pre-match. We might even be able to fit in a, a Q&A or whatnot. Um, last word from you, Craig. Um, no, just have a nice week,
4: everyone. There's nothing to worry about during the week, is there? So, you know, let's start counting down to uh, six points in
0: four days. It's just a, a vacuum that needs to be filled with some kind of controversy, confrontation, (laughs) arguing, and negativity at some point. Uh, Joe, last word from you?
3: Um, Gone for a Burton. Gone for a Burton. Um,
0: Richard Burton, someone left the cake out in the rain. Thanks, everybody.